Hello, and welcome to Tell Me Something Interesting, a podcast about random tidbits that I find interesting, and I hope you'll do too. And for this episode, corn. So, I touched upon this rather interesting little plant while discussing pellagra, and the harm and devastation it once wrought upon this world. So, this week, let's take a look at the positive aspects of such an important food source, as a sort of apology for the attacks on its honor. If you want to hear about the other bits, then I recommend you listen to that episode first, then come right back and listen to the rest of this. So, corn, or maize as it's known in different parts of the world, is a bit of a wonder crop as things go. You can eat it as it is, or you can turn it into flour and make things like tortillas out of it. You can also extract it into syrup and use it to sweeten foods. In fact, in the US, most soft drinks, for instance, contain high fructose corn syrup instead of sucrose, since it's cheaper to get hold of, especially on a continent which grows so much corn. If you don't want to eat it yourself, you can feed it to animals, or you can, with some processing, feed it to your car. Since corn contains so much sugar in it, this can be fermented and distilled to produce bioethanol. It is then blended into gasoline in a particular ratio, which can then be used by cars just like they would normal fuel. Well, sort of. Ethanol is corrosive, so the ratio of ethanol to gasoline that is tolerable for a normal engine depends on how old the engine is. With some modifications, you can get a car to run on 85% ethanol instead, thus, in theory, reducing greenhouse gas emissions. If you want to do some ethanol spotting next time you're at your local gas station, you can take a look at the names of the fuel for sale. The ones with ethanol in them have E numbers on the front, which tell you how much percentage of it is ethanol. The rest is gasoline. So E5, E7, E10 and E15 are 5, 7, 10 and 15% ethanol respectively, and most light vehicles can handle them no problem. They go up to E85, which needs a very specific engine to support, and in Brazil you can go at E100, which is just pure alcohol really. And they have specific cars and even agricultural vehicles that can just run on pure ethanol. Isn't technology wonderful? And if that's not asking enough for this particular crop, you can also make bioplastics out of it. Instead of making plastic out of oil, you can make it out of corn instead, thus having less negative impact on the environment. It's also biodegradable, but there's a big asterisk next to that word. Biodegradable doesn't necessarily mean that if you throw it in the trash, it'll decompose back into harmless substances, like say garden clippings or uneaten corn from your barbecue. This particular plastic is biodegradable, but it requires a very very specific industrial machine to make this happen. If you just toss it into the earth, it will take hundreds of years to break down, just like normal plastic. And if your country or region doesn't have access to one of these industrial machines, then they either have to ship them to somewhere which does, or just give up and landfill it. So it is better for the environment, but it's not that much better for the environment. So don't believe the hype that bioplastics are going to save the earth or something. Anywho, back to the topic at hand. Where did corn come from? You might assume it just sprang out from the ground with these lovely yellow kernels and all, but corn was actually domesticated by humans thousands of years ago, and it originally was nothing more than a grass. There is a grass which grows in Mesoamerica called Teosinte, which honestly looks absolutely nothing like corn. It does have cob and kernels at least, but they're small, unappetizing, and is surrounded by a tough casing. It's sometimes used for animal feed, but you, as a human, aren't gonna eat it or derive much nutrition from it. 
through thousands of years of domestication by the natives of Mesoamerica, the plant changed to what we know and love today. While Teosinte makes lots of small ears, modern corn makes a few large ones, and while Teosinte branches a lot, corn is essentially one large stalk with no branches in it. And this was all done through careful cross-pollination of plants which showed desirable traits, without any knowledge of genetics or the detailed biological sciences we have today, since this started around 9,000 years ago. Human beings are amazingly clever. And nowadays, as a species, we've kept improving on it, using modern scientific knowledge and genetic modification, we can create corn which is resistant to drought, certain pesticides and certain pests. In the US, which is the largest grower of corn worldwide, 92% of all corn planted was GMO. One strain, for example, Bt corn, produces particular toxins, which originally came from a particular soil bacterium, which is very harmful to certain insects, but harmless to humans and other animals. So this particular strain requires less pesticides since it kills the insects itself. And there's so much more I want to go into, like how the natives of Mesoamerica used to grow this wonderful crop in a brilliant example of companion planting, as well as how it ended up on our breakfast table. So I'm going to stop this episode now and we'll do part 2 next time. And that's all I have for you this time. I hope you found this as interesting as I did, and I hope you'll tune in next time. Farewell.